0: Hey folks, Dutch here. Recently, I did an interview with friends Anthony and Melissa Medina with Hope Fires International on the subject of hope. With all that's happening in our world, discouragement and delusionment are trying to push their way into our lives. However, we must hang on to hope so we can move forward and not give up. Listen to our dialogue as we discuss this important subject.
1: Hello and welcome to another broadcast of Hope Fires Live. Um, We are Anthony and Melissa (laughs) Medina um, with Hope Fires International, our um, ministry which is focused on igniting hope and the fires of revival within hearts and nations Mm -hmm. worldwide. And last week we actually aired our first um, Hope Fires Live broadcast. And in that broadcast, Anthony shared about a prophetic dream that he Mm -hmm. he had, where um, he saw the sleeping giants of the church laying across America covered in a blanket labeled hopelessness, which had been draped upon it by the media and just the the influence of the media in this time. And we believe that Jesus is awakening and empowering his warrior bride to shake off that cloak of hopelessness and to arise in wisdom and in strength. And as we were sharing that message and we've we've received so much feedback from that message from others that the Lord has spoken to some similar and um, just people asking us to expound more on that message. We really felt We really felt the wind of God on this and felt to just continue on this theme of hope and just releasing hope into America in the midst of this season, which is, you know, there's so much darkness. There are there's so much uh, strife going on in the nation and violence and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, division in our nation. And in the midst of this, we just felt God invite us to continue releasing hope into America and on our hearts. We had it on our hearts. Um, to not just do these broadcasts between ourselves, between yeah. Anthony and myself, but also to invite some of our friends in ministry, some of uh, the mothers and fathers in the ministry that have poured into us, some of our, our peers in ministry that we partner with for different initiatives so that they can also pour into you and just share of what God has mm-hmm. has spoken to them and what he has um, uh, released into their lives. And as we were talking about this theme of Hope for America, we both, Anthony and You're I good. both agreed, All Right. right Pull better. I mean, we couldn't find another voice that could more, more authoritatively and 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 powerfully and and even with the heart of a father of an apostolic yeah. father, um, uh, give voice to this theme of hope for America. So today we're going to have um, Apostle Dutch Sheets joining us, um, and and I have enjoyed uh, the privilege of working alongside Papa Dutch Sheets, as we yeah. affectionately call him. Yeah. That doesn't um,
2: mean that everyone else can call him Papa. Dutch. It's
1: only okay? <laughs> but he is just an amazing father, an apostolic father to our nation, um, known as an apostle of prayer for Amer- for America. Yeah. Um, but he also has just been a spiritual father in our lives, personally, yeah. um, in our walk with the Lord. So I've had the privilege, um, the honor of of working alongside him for several years as part of Dutch Sheets Ministries, and during that time, have just gleaned from uh, from his his teachings, his revelatory teachings. From his life of fervent intercession, his book, yeah. Intercessory Prayer, his flagship book just marked my life right there in that book is, is, is a school of prayer packaged in that book. And, um, and then his impeccable integrity, um, where he definitely is someone who is worth imitating, who is worth following. Yeah. So we are honored today to have with us Papa Dutch Sheets, Apostle Dutch Sheets, um, sharing with the nation of America and with the nations of the earth. So. Papa Dutch
2: Sheets, welcome. Welcome, Papa Dutch. Thank you so much for being on with us today.
0: Thank you, guys. That's one of the nicest introductions I've ever had in (laughs) my entire life. Thank
2: you. We try to make it as nice and as flowery as possible. No, so. it is.
1: It is all the absolute truth. It Papa Judge, you really have been um, a father, as I said, but but just a hero in um, one yeah. of the spiritual generals, you know, for America. And we have just been so honored, you know, to come alongside you all yeah. the years that you were here in Dallas and to be part of your team. And, um, you know, and we, it was an honor for us to serve you. And and it is an honor for us to have you with us today. So we cannot yeah. wait to to hear what is on your heart. Um, yeah, so I just,
2: to- I just wanted to start off. Uh, you're recognized as an apostle of prayer in America, Papa Dutch. Uh, please share with us your story about how God blessed you with a burden of prayer <clears throat> and a vision of awakening for America and where that has led you up until today.
0: You know, it started uh, way back uh, late 90s and then really culminated around 2000. I had several very in-depth, strong, impactful encounters with the Lord. Uh, a, a couple of a, a couple of them lasted for about three hours. And I realized looking back that it was a process, you know, I had asked God to give me his heart for the nation. Uh, and I knew he was, he was doing that, but he he did it gradually over about a four or five year season from around 1995 or six Mm -hmm. up until 2000. But in 2000, I had a powerful visitation from the Lord. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I was headed to the podium to speak when I got to the platform, I became dizzy and I thought, Maybe I was sick or having some kind of an attack. But then I realized very quickly, this is this is the Lord. But it was such a wave of of power that I became disoriented for a minute and dizzy. And then I began to weep Mm -hmm. and they actually shut. Cece came up and closed the service and said, I don't know what's going on with him but I know it's God and I know what he would want us to do. So they emptied the building, locked the doors, put some worship on and left me by myself (laughs) with the Lord. And, and, you know, it was so powerful. I can still feel what I did. This happens to me almost every time I talk about it uh, because for about three hours, the Lord just downloaded to me his heart for America. And and I wept for three and a half hours. And I often say, uh, I, I feel like I wept with him. I felt like God mm-hmm. was weeping over America. And, and, and at one point it became so powerful, not in a good, not in a wonderful edifying way, but in a, an mm-hmm. overcoming way, mm-hmm. overwhelming. I actually thought I was gonna die. I, I, I found myself begging God just to to take this off of me it was going to kill me and I realized uh, I couldn't handle I couldn't carry what he could carry but he was giving me a portion of it Mm -hmm. and so after about three and a half hours I realized that he had finished mantling me for the nation one of the things he said to me during that three hours was I must have America And Mm -hmm. and I knew I knew it was it was sort of a request because by then i knew that god worked through the prayers of his people and the yeah. cooperation of his people That he doesn't do things in spite of us he does things with us and through us on the earth so i knew he was saying i i must have a people that will cooperate with me because he said i must have this nation it wasn't it wasn't you know some people get a little nervous when I talk about is he just being nationalistic or is he exalting America? It wasn't anything like that. It was, he said, because of what I want to do around the world yeah. and the harvest that, that I'm going to, to reap around the world, I must have this nation. So it wasn't just about America, but my assignment was going to be America. Yeah. And from that day, I've, I've been different. I, I, I had to learn to carry it. You know, I, I, for, for weeks, I, I just look at an American flag and I just lose it and sometimes I have to pull off the road and just weep and sometimes it comes and goes guys you know like right now I don't do this in every interview but sometimes it just happens you know I just feel it all over again and so then he then he taught me how to carry it because it was overwhelming me for a few weeks and I said I can't carry this and and he said, I'm gonna teach you how to carry it. So it was a, it was a, it was a remarkable time. I've, I've never looked back. I've never once questioned in, in, the, in the last 20 years since that happened, his heart for America. I've never questioned what he wants to do and what he intends to do. And as I have journeyed with him in this 20 years, I've become 1000% convinced that it's going to happen. In other words, there is a praying church. Mm-hmm. there is a pe- there he has a people that have been listening and have been obeying he never needs the majority he only needs a remnant yeah. and there is a praying remnant there is a fasting uh, worshiping remnant of people that are saying whatever it takes we're going to see this happen and we're moving toward this and god's going to do it there's going to be a third great greatest awakening in America yeah. is going to touch the world. It's going to be around the world. It's just going to be our third. <laughs> Somebody yeah. right. be the first, yeah. But it's going to be a worldwide revival. Yeah. And um, so I know we're going to talk about hope, and I know I'm getting ahead, but I just tell people right now, don't be distracted by what's happening. Don't get focused on what the enemy's doing. Because right. mm-hmm. he's trying to stop what God's doing. It's not going to happen. We're going to see this third great awakening.
1: That's right we believe it
2: yeah and just to just to throw a a side question in there <clears throat> excuse me sorry um you talk about a remnant right and and in your travels i know we really haven't been traveling since covid and all the lockdowns and everything but in all of your interviews and talking with people behind the scenes how do you see that remnant right now are they strong are they are they weak are they failing how how do you view the remnant body of christ rising up right now
0: Well, I, I, good. But let me, let me just say that, that I know the church as a whole, there are huge facets of the church that are discouraged and distracted by this. And they're that (laughs) sleeping giant that's overwhelmed with hopelessness that you saw last week. And I have seen some of that even on the praying church, (laughs) but I see another group of people uh, that are, that are, really listening to the Lord, uh, and I would say, as you guys do, as as I do, and some of the people I run with, and even though they are very concerned and not at all in denial, they are not uh, discouraged or hopeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there is a group that has withstood the onslaught and has stayed strong in faith. I think what God wants to do now and what he wants to do through faith through, uh, Programs, you know, uh, like this, and what you guys talked about last week, is say to to others, "Hey, listen, God, God wasn't taken by surprise, and yeah. He He's gonna he, He's gonna do this." So I think there is a group that has to be awakened to to hope again, but I think there's another group that is interceding and carrying the others, if I can say, there's a remnant of the right. remnant mm-hmm. yeah. that is still strong.
1: So in this, in this time of, you know, there's so many prophetic words, dreams that are being released concerning the nation. And, and we can say that, you know, there, there are um, messages that are being released kind of all ends of the spectrum, but we, we want to hear as, as an apostle, you know, over America and someone who has um, carried a burden for this nation, like no one else that I know, you know, or maybe very few others. Um, what What is it that the Lord has been showing you in terms of where we are in his prophetic timeline?
0: Well, I, th- I think, you know, we back up to the first of the year, you know, when prophets like Chuck Pierce, friend of mine, he, 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 and even late last year, he began to get words about this plague, although he didn't have the name of it. And I know he wasn't the only one. So, uh, you know, God obviously hasn't been called off guard. He, and I don't think for a minute that he has caused this plague to come on this pandemic. But at the same time, just, just as he said to Joseph, I have a plan, the enemy has a plan, I have a plan. And it became clear to me as I listened to Chuck and prayed into this, that, that God was going to use this as a, as a reset. Uh, yeah. I, I've been receiving dreams. I've, I've never had a season in my life and I, I don't get most of them myself. I have prophets that I'm, several prophets that I'm very close to uh, and, and they, they are frequently now receiving dreams for the nation that involve me and involve others. And it's almost like the Lord has just since the first of the year been uh, going overboard to make sure uh-huh. that I stay encouraged that I know where we're headed with this, that I, that I keep, he keeps reminding me what he's going to do. And, 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 and he's distracting me so that I don't get distracted. <laughs> and so it's good. But, but so the COVID thing I knew, I knew was from Chuck and others that, that this was not going to, to, to ultimately uh, interrupt what God plan was, but on, but to the contrary, God would be using it as a reset of, 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 um, the church. So he's made us, he's, he's actually forced the church along with everyone else to slow down yeah, and listen to him. They can't, can't rely on their programs and their methods and their, you know, 10 year plan. They have had to just, what a novel thought, sit back and listen and say, what are you saying right now, Lord? And yeah. so the prophetic church, is having to be the prophetic church and the apostolic church, he is demanding that we be the apostolic church. And now we're having to do what we've taught. And so what that has done is that has caused us to back up and say, what are you saying right now? And so the timing uh, of this was, we felt like by Passover breakthrough would begin. Mm -hmm. And then many of us felt that by Pentecost, we would literally be moving into this new, uh season and i think we have moved into a new era uh and that god is now going to use the disillusionment and the the concern you know there's nothing like a a nice uh, pandemic and season where the nation is on fire to get people's attention and i'm not for a minute again saying god caused that but it awakens people to a sense of desperation and they turn to God and they say, "and, and they say, hey, w- w- what's going on here and what can we do about it? And I, I see the nation right now pretty much the same place that we were in the 60s when the uh, charismatic movement began and the Jesus people movement began. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was the, the same things were happening minus the pandemic. There was great unrest. There was a, 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 a previous wave of the civil rights movement. And then there was a disillusioned young generation, and they were doing exactly what they're doing now. They were rioting, they were burning buildings, they were yeah. taking over campuses. It was a it was a bad time, but God used it to to awaken, and He used it to get people uh, out of a slumber state of "Hey, everything's fine, everything's great," and, and and get their attention to where the church began to cry out to Him. So. I believe that's where we are now. I believe the rest of this year, actually, the reset will continue. I think the warfare will be great over the elections. Uh, I think that that we have to persevere through the season, but we can't get distracted by the pandemic. We can't get distracted by what Satan is doing right now because he's trying to he's trying to bring discouragement so that he can change God's timing. Mm-hmm. Daniel 7 if he can change the times and seasons by discouraging the church, i.e., your dream, then he can stop what God wants to do. So this is good that we're talking about, it and you're talking about it, because we're just not going to let that happen. We're not going to let the right. discouragement come in. We're not going to let the the media tell us that we're losing and that we can't. We're not, that the turnaround is right. going to stop. It's not going to stop. God is recalibrating our nation. He's recalibrating the church. He has to start there. There's a reset taking place. And I believe by the end of this year that, that we're going to see what God's plan was through the whole thing. And we're going to be moving into a full-fledged revival. Yes.
1: Yeah. So even as like, you know, you're sharing about the slumbering church, you know, awakening the, the, the bride of Christ, you know, the warrior bride awakening and, and, and not coming under the influence, you know, of the hopelessness and all of that. So in what ways do you see the church emerging, emerging in strength, emerging in authority at this time in in this time of great turmoil?
0: Well, I feel like I feel like there's a, there's a part this may sound, I hope this doesn't sound arrogant because I don't mean it this way at all. uh, Or that elitist, but there, there's an element of the church that that they won't wake up through this. There's an element of the church. They're born again, they're brothers and sisters, but they're, Mm -hmm. they're not relevant. They're not hearing. They're satisfied with where things are. uh, But in every move of God, that's the case. But there is a, a group there's a remnant there's a there there's an element of the body of Christ in this nation and around the world that has been listening and and accepting and moving forward with what God's been doing there is an apostolic company there is a prophetic company there is an interceding company and what I what I feel like we're about to move into is because we have the apostolic uh, restoration because we understand the, the, the governmental mantle of the apostolic calling, I believe we're about to move into the fullness of Matthew 16, mm. where he said, I'm gonna build an ecclesia that the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against. Yeah. I've, I've said a couple of times recently in sermons that people look at me like, wow, is, he, is, that, is that heresy? Because I've said, <laughs> if Jesus had returned before now, that verse would be a lie. Because uh. there has been a church that the gates of hell at times have prevailed against. But Jesus said, I'm building one and Ecclesia that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Yeah. They will, it will never defeat them, set them back. They will always advance and bind and loose. So I see what he's been doing is restoring a revelation that we are not just a pastoral company taking care of one another. We're not just a soul winning company, evangelism, not just a teaching company. We are an apostolic, which represents God's government, his authority in the earth. We are a prophetic company. We hear his voice now. We can hear his strategy. We can decree for him and become his voice in the earth. So there is an apostolic prophetic company that has been restored and now we have a fullness of Christ in the earth. And the reason I say that is because You know, he gave us five pieces or anointings of himself in Ephesians four. He broke, the word Christ means anointed one. And so those, those five gifts are really five anointings. He broke himself down into those five and he gave them to the church as gifts. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. They're not positions. It's not a hierarchy they are giftings and anointings of Christ yeah. himself so that, that we can represent him fully in the earth. And you can't, if all you have is a pastoral anointing, you're going to represent him 20%. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. when he restored then the evangelism, you got 40 and teacher, you got 60. And then he restored the prophetic 80 and now the apostolic 100%. And I say all that to say, when you get past that verse that lists all five in Ephesians four, mm-hmm. he starts talking about, the fact that we can now manifest the fullness of Christ in the earth. Yeah. We can be the full body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And and so what does that mean? That means that because Holy Spirit has restored these things to us in our understanding for the first time maybe in no doubt centuries, many centuries, we have the potential of fully revealing Jesus on the planet. We uh-huh. can fully represent him not partially, fully. And so people are going to get to see something in this outpouring of the Holy Spirit they've never seen. They're going to see an outpouring, of, or at least since, since the early church. Yeah. They're, going to see, they're going to see a church, an ecclesia, that is fully manifesting Jesus. You know, I don't even pretend to know what that really looks like. But when you start saying we're going to manifest fully his authority, his power, his apostolic anointing, his teaching gift, his evangelism, signs and wonders. What does the fullness of Christ look like in the earth? Well, I'm just excited to see it. (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's the, the manifestation, right? The full manifestation of the sons and daughters of God on the earth. And what I love, you kept using the word remnants and saying it's not, it doesn't require the full body, the full, you know, church to be on on fire and to be operating in the fullness. But the amazing thing about the remnants is that God just starts with a small portion, a small number, a small group, and sets those people ablaze, sets Mm -hmm. them on fire, like burning, shining lamps. And then like we read in the book of of Acts where it says that, you know, just that small group, you know, of, of the apostles at that time, they were using by God to turn the world upside down and the fire that they have that we carry, you know, then it's infectious and we can go and infect communities and we can be used to transform different spheres of influence and, and even nations. And, you know, scripture asks us, can a nation be saved in a day? And it's when the church comes into this identity, right? When the church comes into the fullness, the full minute, the full expression of the ministry and the authority and the anointing of Jesus, that that question will be answered immediately. Yes, a nation can be saved in a day.
2: Yeah. I mean, oh. I'm I'm so very excited that basketball and baseball are coming back on TV. <laughs> but we're in such an opportune moment. It's like it, God is releasing this invitation to revelation. Yeah. You know, to just sit with him and receive this revelation. Unlike, you know, there's never been a time like this, you know, in in my opinion, right? And and I feel like, you know, we need to capture this moment, this invitation to revelation. And and just hold it so deeply and care for it. Because once it passes, you know, it's like go, it's go time. And those that miss it, just miss it. You know, I don't, I don't know if you, if you kind of sense the same thing, but there's just such an overwhelming revelation. I've never been a dreamer myself, but I've had so many dreams. And so many visions, and they've been just so profound and so very detailed, unlike any time in my life with Christ, you know. And so there's just such such an invitation out there. I don't know if you sense
0: the same thing. Oh, I totally do. I I feel like we've talked about Kairos opportune times for years, but we're moving into the greatest opportunity we're moving into our Esther day, our Esther era. We were born for such a time as this. Mm-hmm. This is it for us. We're about to move into a fullness, a fullness of time, a fullness of revelation, a fullness yes. of His gifting. This is this is going to be unlike anything the world has ever seen. The signs and wonders,
1: come on, yeah, they're, they're mm-hmm.
0: going to be poured out like water around the world. Yeah. I mean, the dead will be raised. The blind eyes will open. Dreams. I, I heard a statistic the other day, uh, and this was this came from a very credible source. Twenty-seven thousand, and then another number said maybe as many as thirty thousand Muslims a day wow. Wow. coming to Jesus through dreams and visions. And, and I heard many of those are, are Palestinians. It's happening in Palestine. It's wow. having Gaza. Wow. Who knows where it's happening in places we're not hearing about yet? Yeah. But this is an era unlike anything we've seen. And so God's not going to, He's not going to, you know, he, He's not caught off guard by this. Mm-hmm. When He's ready to flip the switch and move us on from this mm-hmm. pandemic and from, from the just the the season of reset that we're in right now, when God is ready to flip the switch and say, go, let me tell you, we better be ready to go because the outpouring is going to be incredible. And the things that you're talking about, Anthony, they they are his way of preparing us. He's speaking. He's giving dreams. He's teaching us. Through this, he's not only giving us strategy; he's fine-tuning yeah. us. He's tuning yeah. us right. so we can hear better, and where we can yes. interpret better, and listen, and explain it better. I tell you, I, I just, I've never been more encouraged about what God's about to do, and mm-hmm. doing and about mm-hmm. to do.
1: Well, in order for for the church, in order for the church to fully embrace and step into this this prophetic window that we're in right now and all of what we were talking about, just to come into the fullness, the fullness of times, the fullness of the ministry of Jesus. And for us, um, for us, uh, so to speak, like not to miss it, right? Mm-hmm. I think that the message of hope is one that we have to hold on to. I think that, that it's an anchor yeah. for our souls in the midst of you know this this chaos, this, this season of turmoil that we're in. It's an anchor for our souls. And so there was there a book that you wrote, Papa Dutch. It was during the season that I was part of your team. And, um, and, and it's the book, the power of hope and that book i mean even for me in my personal life i know that that book served as an anchor and and the message in that book just got me through a very very tough season in my life and um so i i wanted you to share the um the core message i have it i have it here the power of hope and mm-hmm. it's available in spanish as well okay you can order your copy at dutch um but i wanted you to share like what the core message of this book is because i really feel that this is an essential this is this is a critical message for us for the church in this season and also a message for the church to be championing yeah. in this season is the message of hope the power of hope so could you share with us what um, you know, just just a summary of the core message of this book and explain why this message of the power of hope is so important for believers in America and in, in nations around the world at this time.
0: Uh, absolutely. When, when I wrote the book, I was trying to write a different book. And for several weeks, three or four weeks, I, I tried to, to start a different book. And I came to realize this is, this is fruitless. There's no mm-hmm. anointing and no life on what I'm writing. It's the first time it had ever happened to me. And I said, God, why? And He said, This is not the book I want right now. I wrote eventually what I had been trying to write then, but He said, What I want you right now is a book on hope. And He gave me mm-hmm. this book. We we initially called it "Tell Your Heart to Beat Again," mm-hmm. and then we re-released it and made it better and kind of fine-tuned it uh, in the, in the book, "The Power of Hope." But you know, I did a series in our church in Colorado Springs on hope deferred, and mm-hmm. and, and I. I actually think as, as, as crazy as it sounds, I did write it for now. Yeah. I wrote this book several years ago, it. but it's, for now. Yeah. it's for now. Yes. Because you know, proverb says when, when you have hope deferred, your heart gets sick. You ha- mm-hmm. you can't run with heart disease. You can't, you can't, you can't run the race. You can't and with spiritual heart disease. You can't believe you can't dream. You're not going to have vision. You, you grow weak in your faith. You get disillusioned. And so, God wants to heal us of that. This book is all about the power of of God's ability to heal us from setback. And the reason I, the reason I initially called it "Tell Your Heart to Beat Again" was because of an experience my brother had when he was in, literally allowed to go into the operating room and watch two open heart surgeries. He stood at the foot of both patients, or I mean, the head of both patients. They opened the patient. Uh, You know, cut down through the chest. It's fascinating. People on both sides of the table working on this heart, taking it out, working on it, fixing it. They hook hook the the blood vessel, the arteries up to a machine that does the work of the heart (laughs) while they work on it. And then they fix it. And then they hook everything back up. And then they try to get the heart beating again. Yeah. And most of them are routine. He said It was funny. It was like a mash unit. They're telling jokes and they're talking about vacation <laughs> and out of the family and they're working on a little hard to an open heart surgery. <laughs> <laughs> but then he said, all of a sudden the atmosphere in the room changed mm-hmm. and it wasn't light anymore. It wasn't small talk anymore. Mm. Uh, he, he didn't know what was happening, but he knew something was wrong. And then he realized they can't get this heart to beat again. And Long when talk. they had exhausted every effort, Finally, the head surgeon leaned down to this lady's ear, who's obviously out, uh, you know, in uh, anesthesia, uh, under anesthesia, mm-hmm. but he, he still leaned over to her ear and said, ma'am, I need your help. We can't get your heart to beat. Please tell your heart to beat again. Wow. And instantly, the heart started, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Everybody looked up, even the surgeon just looked up at everybody, everyone else and just, Shrugged and said, wow. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> went on his way. And so, you know, that became a story that my brother has shared over the years and I've shared that there comes a point in our lives when when God it, 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 there's always a time to grieve when we have great loss, whether it's death mm-hmm. or you know, a divorce or I don't care what it is, God gave us the ability to grieve so we get the grief out. Yep. Mm-hmm. But but you can't stay there. And you have to, it, we believers are supposed to grieve and work through that with hope. And we come to a point in time where God says, it's time for you to be healed now. It, that's gone. Now let me restore and rebuild and, and re- reconstruct. And so then we have to tell our heart to beat again. We have to choose to dream. We have to choose We have to say, hey, I'm moving forward now. This is not gonna hold me back any longer. He's gonna heal me. And Jesus of course is the great hope. He's the healer and he comes and he restores it. So the book is all about, it's a lot of stories. It's a lot of biblical instruction about how God does this. It's very easy read. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my goal, especially when I redid the book was to do it in a way that an unbeliever, a person that doesn't know Jesus mm-hmm. or the Bible at all. And I've had people that have done this, pick up this book and read it and receive hope and allow God to restore them. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a easy read. It's an mm-hmm. inspirational read. It will, it will help you pick up the pieces and move forward. Not just limp forward. You'll be able to yeah. run again. Yeah, You'll be able to dream again. You'll be able to, to run with vision. That's what this book mm-hmm. is all about.
2: Yes. You know, um, that, that was an amazing story as, most people know, and as you know, very well, you know, our son, Caleb had open heart surgery at three weeks old. So mm-hmm. I'm glad I've heard you tell the story after the fact and not like uh, right before his heart surgery, because that would have freaked <laughs> us out, you know, um, but through that, through that season, <laughs> through that season, yeah. He's I'm glad great I now, no, he's great. fully yeah, healed, excellent.
1: absolute miracle. <laughs>
2: But through that season, the Lord led me to Romans 15, 13. And it became a life verse for me. And it's actually part of the reason why we named our ministry Hope Fires. And it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I tell you, I firmly believe that without hope, if I don't have hope, I can't have faith. Right. You know? And so. I have to hold on to hope. Hope has to be an anchor in my life. And it has to be an anchor, especially in this season with such hopelessness running rampant on the earth, you know, especially in America. So hope you have to tell your heart to beat again and hold on to
1: hope. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. And
1: even as we've been talking tell, about. Yeah, said, go ahead. Yes. Papa Dutch. Go ahead.
0: I, I made a statement in the book. You can't go through life and not experience hope deferred. No one mm-hmm. can. Yeah. Right. You know, I call it the I call it the common code of the soul. Uh, we're all we're all all going to experience this yes the real issue is are we going to allow the lord to do what you just said anthony and that's to come in and restore hope because like you said we can't even have faith we forget talking about faith if 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 you're if you haven't had that hope restored in you Mm -hmm. because that is what positions us to move forward with faith with vision with fire with tenacity all these things are launched from hope good word Yeah. yeah
1: Well, Papa Dutch, I know that with vision and tenacity and full of hope, um, you have actually launched, um, uh, you're launching a conference um, this fall called Reset 2020. And I wanna make sure we give you opportunity to share about that, to share the vision and mandate behind that convocation that you're going to hold this fall. So please share with us about that.
0: Yeah, in 2018, one of my prophet friends shared a dream that he had about me. And in the dream, President Trump had invited a team of us, I was included, to the Oval Office. And in the dream, he he thanked me for the Appeal to Heaven movement, which is Mm -hmm. most of your listeners would know. I mean, there may be some folks watching this. You could go, they can go to YouTube and hear the message, uh, Mm -hmm. Appeal to Heaven, or get the book, Appeal to Heaven. But the flag that, that George Washington had uh, made during the revolution because they knew they couldn't win their freedom it was laughable that they could defeat the british unless god helped them
2: mm-hmm.
0: if this new nation was god's idea and he helped them there was hope if he didn't it was laughable so they they took the words of john locke and they launched a move a, a flag called appeal to heaven put it right across the top of the flag it flew over the battleships it flew over the battlefields Reminding everybody, our only hope is 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 for him to come through for us. So America was born under a prayer movement, appeal to heaven. yes, so so <laughs> President Trump, now let me let me say before go back to the dream, uh, God reintroduced that flag a few years ago uh, in my life and others. Okay. And basically, what he said to me is the same thing that birthed America, an appeal to heaven prayer movement is what it's gonna to take to rebirth America, what I wanna do in this hour, another appeal to heaven prayer movement. So as you know, I've been one of the leading voices trumpeting that message and that flag over the last five or six years. So President Trump called me to the Oval Office along with others. He presented me a new appeal to heaven flag. And he said, thank wow. you for the appeal to heaven prayer movement. And he signed the flag. And I didn't see that as an autograph at all but as an endorsement, is a symbolic, prophetic endorsement from the highest office in the land, endorsing wow. prayer and the prayer movement. Wow. And saying, this is, what we have. And then he said, "May I pray over you?" And in his prayer, he said, "Lord, please allow these leaders to convene a holy convocation, in order that I might finish my eight years well." and America and the ancient markers of our founding fathers be it be restored in America wow so he, so I've been holding that since 2000, early 2018 knowing God would show me when to convene this holy convocation yeah. in order to pray mm-hmm. for the ancient markers and what I see in this it's the ancient the ancient plan, the ancient Mm -hmm. foundation of this nation. God raised up America. God called Mm -hmm. this nation to be the the strongest voice for the gospel in the world. Israel gave us the gospel. Israel gave us the Messiah. America is the leading voice of that message of the gospel around the world. That's why he said to me, as I mentioned earlier, I must have this nation. So to return us to our ancient markers is to say we are going to be that city on a hill. We're going to be that voice of the gospel. When Robert Hunt landed at Cape Henry, planted the cross, 1607, he prophesied the gospel will go forth from these shores, not only to this land, but to all the nations of the world. That's the destiny of America. That's the number one ancient marker that we, that we are called yeah. and destined by God to be his voice in the earth of yes. freedom, but yes. more importantly of the gospel. And so when the president asked me to do that, I knew God would show me the time, this is the time. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and, and by the way, the, the eight years, and I'm not trying to get political here. I just know God is not finished with President Trump. Mm-hmm. I know that he needs him to continue to shift the courts and to be honoring. I'm not, I'm not endorsing everything the man has said or, or done. None of us are, but I'm saying I'm convinced that God needs him in there for another term. So he said, pray for this and, and also that I, that I can be used to, to see the ancient markers of, of our founding fathers restored. So that's what we're going to do on October 8 to 10. We're going to come together as the ecclesia. And we're gonna decree the finishing of the turnaround. We're gonna we're gonna call America back to our uh, original intent, uh, mm-hmm. to God's destiny, his purposes. This time, I believe this conference, we're gonna do it at the highest level the church has ever done it. Not because of me, not because it's my conference, but because of what God has restored mm-hmm. us to everything we spoke about a while ago that he's restored, we are now going to walk in the governmental authority of Jesus the ecclesia in the earth. And we're not going to we're not going to only petition him. We're going to decree for him yeah. and command his kingdom into the earth and his will to be done in the earth. We're not going mm-hmm. to wait, sit back and hope there's a third great awakening. We're going to release it. We're not going to sit back and hope we break through in this season. We're going to release the breakthrough. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. hope for turnaround. We're going to release the turnaround. This right. This gathering is probably what God has been moving me toward for 20 years.
1: Wow. Wow. Huh? That is going to be such a significant gathering. It's like this it Kairos prophetic, you know, timeline, um, convocation mm-hmm. that you are hosting, um, and um, I, I don't know, I just, I just felt the fire of God on you, even as you were speaking now. So would you yeah. even just release with, you know, with regards to some of the things you we were talking about, the hopelessness, you know, hope deferred, just being eradicated and, and the church being filled with hope and the remnant yeah. arising in authority and in power and, and the fullness and, um, you know, just all those things you were talking about, would you just start releasing some of those decrees over America even now?
0: Absolutely. And I would say to everyone watching, listening come into agreement with us. Don't get yes. us to listen. I mean, I want you to receive and I want you to listen, but come into agreement. Let's let this yes. be a, a powerful time of declaration because ten, because hundreds, thousands of people around this nation and nations are in agreement with us. Lord, we just yes. say yes. we agree yes. with you. We, we do yes. see yeah. and hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. We're not confused. We're not Uh, alarmed, we're not discouraged, we know what you are doing. You are moving us toward the greatest Mm -hmm. revival in the history of planet earth. You're going to bring a billion Mm -hmm. souls into the kingdom, maybe two billion souls over the next decade or two. Mm -hmm. Our finest hour is not behind us as Mm -hmm. a church, it is in front of us. And Lord, as we are launched into this new era, we want to do it with strength. We don't want anybody lagging behind because they're weak or they've been uh, hurt or or the enemy has gained a foothold. Lord, you can't go through life. As we said, well, you can't go through life unscathed, but you can go through it with strength and victory and you can always come Mm -hmm. out on top. And yes. so I pray over your people right now, and I break off hope deferred. Come on, yeah. I break off yes. I break off the weariness spoken of yes. in Daniel 7 25, which is yes. the enemy tries to come and wear down the saints. And that word yes. wear down there, by the way, is not physical. It's only used of mental weariness in the scripture. Lord, wow. so we say no mental weariness, or no, mental weariness. Like no confusion, yes. no discouragement, yes. no, no, no depression. We break it off of. Yeah. yeah. Right now we say, let the spirit of faith rise up in them now, yes. Lord. Let a fresh baptism of fire come upon them now. Amen. Say, yeah. Lord, let their eyes be open now to hear and see what you're saying. Lord, we see yeah. all the bad stuff, but we're like, we're, we want to be like the prophet uh, who, who looked at his servant and said, you just see the bad guys. Lord, open his eyes so he can see all the angels. Yes. Lord, we yeah. say, yes. Let your people see oh, what you're doing. Let them see what you're up to, that this is all gonna play into your hands for a third great awakening and a great uh, great awakening around the world. We we thank you for it, we release it. We say, Lord, the ancient markers of this nation are going to be restored. The ancient foundations are gonna be restored. The enemy could try to steal our heritage, but it's not gonna happen. We, we are not going to let go of who we are and the destiny you called us to. Of course, we've made mistakes. Of course, we've, we have done despicable things but your blood cleanses from slavery. Your blood has cleansed us from the broken covenants with our first nation peoples. Your blood is cleansing us now from the abortion and the shedding of innocent blood. And you can use this nation not because we've been perfect. You can use this nation because your blood cleanses us and makes us perfect and enables us to move forward. So we say we prepare ourselves now for this great awakening. We prepare ourselves now for the fullness of Christ and the Christ Amen. anointing, we rise up again into fresh, uh, uh, a fresh anointing, fresh mm-hmm. fire. And we say the reset Amen. is now beginning in this nation. Amen. You're recalibrating, resetting, and reconstituting this nation back to you. I decree it over your people right now in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Yes, we agree. Amen. 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 The reset, the recalibration over over the church yeah. of God, over this nation. We agree. Papa oh. Dutch, thank you so much. That was yeah, so powerful. So glad we I ended love that way. <laughs> oh uh, thank you so much, Papa Dutch. This really yeah. has been so thank encouraging you. and um and really I, I i believe is infusing even right now has infused hope into the hearers into those that have connected yeah. to the to this broadcast so thank you for Absolutely. giving words even to the heart of god and and what the cry of the church should be and how we should be contending in this season i feel like that was even that snippet right there you know a minute or too long however long it was it's like a model prayer how the church is to rise mm-hmm. up and contend and move from you know our priestly intercession and just making petition to actually that kingly Intercession and where we're making declarations yeah. and we're making decrees and rising up in our authority and our identity, right? As as not just priests but also kings here in the yeah. earth. So thank you, Papa Dutch, for modeling that for us so well. Yeah. And um, we love you. Yeah. We love you, and Mama Cece. We bless you. And um, and for all of our viewers, make sure that you go to DutchSheets.org for information yeah. about the reset. For um, you know to order, order Dutch Sheets's uh, products, the book The Power of Hope, or any other products that he has and, Mm -hmm. um, and so we just bless you. We bless you in Jesus name with being filled with yes, hope, man. with overflowing yes. with hope in this season, um, that you would be a light. Mm-hmm. You would be filled with the light of God's hope and that you would be a beacon of hope in your church, in your community, in your city, everywhere that you go as a glory carrier of yeah. God, that you would brim over with the light of Christ and that you would be a, a hope dealer everywhere that you go, that yeah. you would release hope, the hope of Jesus, the Hope of glory God. that we have in God. Jesus Christ. We just bless you now, every single one of the viewers. We bless you with being a glory carrier and a hope yeah. bringer everywhere that you go. We thank you for the anointing yes. of multiplication that has been released, even as Papa Dutch has shared today. So we bless you all in Jesus' name. Thank you again, Papa yeah, Dutch, for being with her. us today. It's
2: an honor.
1: Man. Amen. Amen. Nice. All right. Until next time. Right. Bye bye, Papa Bye-bye. Dutch. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Dutch Sheets Ministries. If you would like more information about us or if you've been impacted by this podcast and would like to sow into the ministry, please visit our website at DutchSheets.org.